Chapter thirty seven of Geographical Reader Europe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Geographical Reader Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. Chapter thirty seven in Constantinople. The Strait of the Bosporus, which connects the Big Black Sea with the little sea of marmora and the mediterranean winds in and out through a deep mountain valley which here lies between europe and asia the hills in some places slope almost precipitously down to the water and in other places great cliffs overhang it here and there along the strait are the palaces of the sultan and of turkish nobles interspersed with fishermen's huts and peasant villages with rich farms and forests there are castles and fortresses on some of the hills and the scenery often reminds us of the rhine and the danube the bosporus is one of the great water highways between europe and asia and vast cargoes of grain oil wool and other products are always passing back and forth through it the strait is only nineteen miles long but so wide and deep that the largest ocean steamers can easily navigate it at the southern end of the strait where it empties into the sea of marmora there is a lofty little peninsula a tongue of land extending far out and almost blocking the entrance the northern side of this peninsula is bordered by a horn-shaped inlet which forms a wide and deep harbor so covered with rich shipping that it is called the golden horn the peninsula itself is not much larger than a big texas farm but it is the site of constantinople one of the most beautiful cities of the world we have learned that there is always a reason for cities being situated just where they are even as villages are built at country crossroads to catch the business of the people moving each way so cities grow up on the great highways of commerce and especially where such highways cross this is one of the reasons for the growth of constantinople it is at the chief crossroads of europe and asia the grand divisions here come close together and goods brought in by caravan for europe can be easily shipped over the narrow strait to constantinople from where they can be sent on to the northward moreover constantinople occupies the best position on the great water road of the bosporus which connects the whole world with the black sea and all parts of eastern europe the golden horn gives constantinople an excellent harbor and its situation at the mouth of the bosporus makes it really the chief port of the danube the Dnieper, the don and the other great rivers which empty into the black sea and as such it has always had a great trade the city also has the advantage of being easily defended there are highlands about it upon which are great fortifications and forts have been erected along the dardanelles and the bosporus so that the turks can if they wish prevent ships from moving out and in through the strait the site of constantinople is so central that a city was founded here more than twenty five hundred years ago under the name of byzantium which for centuries was a centre of commerce and trade about a thousand years later the emperor constantine made it the capital of the whole roman empire and called it constantinople for many centuries it was a roman city 
then it was taken by the crusaders and in the middle ages by the mohammedan turks a few years before columbus started out on his first voyage to america the turks a yellow race of tartar mohammedans who had overrun asia minor captured the city and extended their conquests farther on into europe taking country after country along the danube and elsewhere until they had almost as much territory as there is in the german empire of to-day they had still larger possessions in asia than in europe but they so liked constantinople that they chose it for the capital of their empire and it holds this position to-day although the greater part of their european territories have been taken from them but we are now at the end of the bosporus right in front of the city our ship is slowly steaming in and out among craft of all kinds the golden horn in front of us is filled with vessels of every description and there are hundreds of little caiques or turkish gondolas containing passengers and pleasure hunters moving in all directions steam launches and tugs are darting in and out through the shipping the boats are manned by queerly dressed sailors and all our surroundings are strange we are on the water but nevertheless almost in the midst of the great city of constantinople there on the right bank of the golden horn are the marble palaces of the sultan some high upon the hill and others on the edge of the water while farther on are the houses and business structures of para where the most of the europeans live at the left on the opposite bank of the bosporus a village of pink houses of curious shapes rises out of green trees that land is asia and the town is scutari the suburb of constantinople where the largest of the turkish cemeteries is located and where many turks who do business in constantinople live before us on the peninsula is spread out the main part of the city known as stambul which contains the vast bazaars the hundreds of mosques and the dwellings of most of the million and more who make up the population of this great turkish capital as we come closer the city appears to rise straight up from the sea there is a low ruined wall about it built centuries ago but back of this are palaces here and there on the edge of the water surrounded by green the city is made up of hill and hollow and as it lies before us it is a vast rolling expanse of houses with huge domes and tall white towers extending high above them each of those domes is on the roof of one of the great mohammedan churches or mosques some of which cover acres and the white towers are their minarets the minarets have galleries about them in which with our glasses we can see dark-faced men in turbans and gowns standing as they call the people to prayer we can hear their shrill tenor voices coming over the water and we see the mohammedans on our ship turn toward the south in the direction of mecca their holy city and kneel down and bend their heads to the deck as they utter their prayers now we have entered the golden horn and landed at para we have walked through the business part of the city and gone down to the bridge of boats which is the main highway across to stambul we have paid our toll to the tall turk in turban and gown at the entrance and are standing on the bridge gazing at the strange throngs that are moving back and forth 
on their way to and from the great city constantinople is a mixture of many strange races it has more turks perhaps than any other people but there are thousands of armenians persians circassians greeks georgians and jews as well as strange characters from all parts of europe and southwestern asia there are scores of men in long gowns with white red blue or green turbans about their heads they wear red or yellow slippers turned up at the toes which clap on the boards as they walk their faces are dark and their eyes somewhat slanting many have long beards which reach down their breasts most of those who dress in this way are turks and all are mohammedans there are also hundreds of dark-faced men wearing clothes like ours but with red fez caps on their heads and there are boys in red caps and long gowns but what are those two curious creatures now coming toward us as they enter the bridge in the distance each looks like two mammoth sausages tied together one on top of the other those are two turkish women who have their heads and faces so wrapped up that they hardly seem human their dresses look like balloons for their outer clothing hides their forms as they walk through the street now they are closer and we see that each wears a veil so that only the eyes and a strip of the forehead are visible one of the women has a black servant with her a slave who is going along to guard and protect her mohammedan women do not show their faces on the street and indoors they are rarely seen by any other men than their husbands get out of the way of that porter don't you see the enormous box he is carrying on his back bending over so that he can hardly look up he is one of the drays of constantinople and he competes with the donkey and the camel for his share of the freight there are but few heavy vehicles in the city trunks and boxes of all kinds are carried about by the porters called hamals who rest their burdens on saddles fastened to their backs some of them are so strong they can carry as much as five hundred pounds at one load but let us walk over the bridge keeping close to the railing and out of the way of the carriages donkeys and camels and of the turbaned soldiers riding arabian horses we walk behind a greek priest who strolls along arm in arm with a circassian in uniform wearing a high cap of astrakhan fur as we go on we are accosted by beggars in turbans we pass peddlers and hucksters dressed in all the colors of the rainbow and selling all kinds of goods we stop one for a drink from a great bottle of lemonade which he carries on his back and from another we buy some of the turkish fig paste for which constantinople is famous now we have left the bridge and are making our way through the city the streets are narrow and winding they are paved with cobblestones and in many places are dirty and filthy what a lot of dogs there are everywhere many lie asleep on the stones so that we have to kick them to get them out of our way they put their tails between their legs and move off growling for they are poor-spirited curs and are perhaps the leanest dogs of the world they excite a pathetic interest for they have no masters they belong to the city and their only homes are the streets the turks never think of letting dogs come into their houses for they consider them unclean so that although constantinople has thousands of dogs no man in the city owns a dog 
each dog has its own quarter however and when a stray cur comes into a strange alley the dogs of the alley pounce upon him and drive him out the dogs serve as the scavengers and they seem to be the only street cleaners of constantinople but here we are at the bazaars where we can learn how they do business in this great mohammedan city we push our way through the crowds at the entrance and enter a town of stores all under one roof there are acres upon acres of little cell-like shops ranged along narrow cobblestone streets lighted here and there by small domes some of the stores are not bigger than packing boxes here is one so small that it is entirely filled by the merchant who sits cross-legged on the floor with his goods piled around him other shops are larger and many are furnished with divans upon which long-gowned long-bearded men sit and smoke and drink coffee as they bargain the floors of some of the stores are as high as a chair and we sit on the floor with our feet in the street as we shop all business is done by bargaining and it takes us a long time to make every purchase it is customary to find fault with the goods and at the suggestion of our guide we offer only about one-third the amount that the merchant demands if he refuses we come up a few cents and if he will make no reduction whatever start away expecting to be called back as is often the case although he protests that such sales will ruin his business there are no fixed prices and the turkish dealer takes all he can get in many of the bazaars the turbaned storekeeper sends out a servant for coffee and we drink as we bargain the coffee is served without cream in a little cup no bigger than half an eggshell it is as thick as chocolate and almost as sweet as molasses we are told that it is made of the roasted coffee beans pounded to a fine powder we grow very fond of it although it seems more like a sweet syrup than coffee we devote a long time to the bazaars strolling about through one narrow street after another each section has its own kind of goods we walk through roofed alleys walled with slippers and shoes of the brightest of colors and of all grades and prices there are men's shoes of red leather made without heels and with the toes turned up at the ends like an old-fashioned skate there are ladies shoes of fine silk in the most delicate shades of pearl pink and sky blue some of which are covered with gold and silver embroidery we each buy a pair of children's shoes to take home they are of red leather with a tassel of wool on each toe as big as a walnut under the tassel is a bell so that some of the little turks actually go about with bells on their toes we stay some time in the persian bazaars looking at beautiful shawls and other things from that country buy a fez cap apiece in the fez shops and in the perfumery section lay in a supply of attar of roses for this is the land of that delightful perfume in european turkey there are vast rose farms each containing many thousands of bushes the roses are picked when in full bloom and from their leaves is extracted an oil the scent of which is so strong that a drop of it put into a box of clothing will make it smell like roses for weeks this oil is called attar of roses vast quantities of it are sold in constantinople and a great deal is exported to other parts of the world passing through the spice bazaar 
we enter streets where scores of merchants are selling the oriental carpets and rugs for which turkey is famous the rugs are made on hand looms by the women and girls in different parts of the empire the work is done in their homes and it takes them a long time to make a fine rug only a few square inches can be made in one day and the larger rugs require many months of continuous work end of chapter thirty seven